Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. everybody and welcome to the star companion podcast my name is david and i'm zach and that guy's name is zach and we are um we're a podcast we (laughs) (laughs) we podcast about things such as uh star trek and um some have called us it's been it's been whispered it's been said that we are the internet's premier uh star trek fan podcast I've heard that. And what do we do, Zach? What do we do? We trek through Trek, one episode at a time, star date by star date. We're throwing a little twist this week. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, as we alluded to, we're gonna we're gonna we wanted to catch up with Discovery. We'll get back into Enterprise season two. That's right. Uh, because we want to be ready and caught up for when the third season happens so you can get our reviews live yes so we figured since we finished season one um that'll be hot yeah we figured it would be good to get in on this and you know uh if that pisses you off you can email us at the star companion at gmail.com and maybe for the right patreon donation we might go back to enterprise <laughs> only for the right dollar amount. <laughs> we won't disclose what that dollar amount will be yeah right. um i mean if i'm being honest you what what is the top one i think it's the science directorate that's right yeah or something yeah maybe I that's maybe I that's what you need to contribute we don't know i don't know but what i do know is is i'd like to give a big fat fucking thank you to uh our man uh in the down, land down under <laughs> troy aka Trent. Trent. <laughs> Troint. Troint. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is, full disclosure, uh, Troy, we've been calling you Troint, um, you know, via text because we screwed up your name and... I screwed up your and, name. Yeah, okay, correction. I fell apart. That yeah. was me, David, and I apologize, Troy. Yeah. I apologize on David's behalf. He's kind of an embarrassment, but he's also my best bud and we do this shit together and so that that's great. That's uh, a lot. So, uh, but anyway, big fat fucking thank you for upping your Patreon uh, support. Yeah, man. Um, that it. I mean, 
it really means a lot you know this, <laughs> is, this is why we do it we do it for people like you troy yeah it's really really great and for all of you listeners it you know it it, it would be nice you don't you don't have to it you know it just feels good it feels good that even just joint you know just that up was was awesome so and if you ever if you got a couple extra bucks uh, you know, dollar a month, five dollars a month. I don't really want to push this too hard. I feel like, I feel like I'm already begging, and I'm sorry. Wanna, I didn't. I didn't want to PBS. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a, a drive. I feel. I feel bad even bringing it up, but it, you know, it's cool. It feels good, and yeah. so for all of you that are listening, thanks for fucking listening. Again, that feels even greater. We're in the process of setting up a trivia night out here in the LA area. Um, the brainchild of a Zachary Kirstead. Yeah. Uh, member of the Star Companion. Mm-hmm. You're David's co-host, Zach. Uh, anyway. Co-captain. <laughs> Co-captain. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah. So we're doing Trek by Trek, Stardate by Stardate. We're switching on to Discovery. I understand that uh, this is kind of a divisive uh, iteration of Star Trek. Truly. Um Full disclosure again. We're we're doing all sorts of full disclosures today, and I'd, I'd like to say that I'm probably going to defend this more so than some of you may like. But for those of you that okay. don't want the defending, you've got David. You got me. Yeah. So as per usual, I think that's a pretty decent balance. Um, and to further uh, elucidate the difference here. I am fine with Discovery, and David is probably more in the disgracery <laughs> uh, category. I haven't I haven't seen enough of it yet, but what I've seen, I I have problems with. It doesn't mean that I won't go into it with an open mind and expect it to get better. Mm-hmm. Like you've said, it gets better, and um, you know, with Enterprise, like you said, it gets better. And yeah. I mean, Enterprise. I never really had a problem with. I thought Enterprise was good because it kind of they they expanded on classic Star Trek tropes. But yeah. What I've seen in this first episode um, is perhaps a walking away from those classic tropes. And whether it's going to be a good thing or bad thing, I will have an open mind and wait to see. I, I can't wait for you to get through it. And I will say that uh, uh, Captain Pike, played by Anson Mount, is worth the fucking price of admission. He, he is like one one hundred fucking percent. Yeah, he is worth the price of admission, and you know, joint. I challenge you to a duel if you don't like Pike. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's let's get into it. What's your uh, so? What we usually what we usually give a little synopsis, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll start off yeah. doing that. So this episode, this so today we're reviewing season one, episode one of Discovery. The name of this episode is the Vulcan Hello, and so um, the episode begins with um, our series protagonist Michael Burnham, um, first officer of the USS Shen- Shenzhou. 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 And Captain um, Philippa Giorgio. Philippa Giorgio. Uh, Giorgio, played by Michelle Yeoh, who is um, who's my new space crush. Okay, so, that's okay. I'm gonna cut you off right there. <laughs> I got a bolded question. Yes. Thoughts on Giorgio? Sexually? 
Oh, for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a yes for me, dog. Uh, it's going to be a yes from him, dog. Yeah. Um, I'm not usually into the MILFs, um, but I'm, <laughs> I am willing to make exceptions for a, a Starfleet uh, captain. I will say that it... <laughs> that is a uh, that's a real milf age. That's not porn yeah. milf. Oh, she's like in her seventies, right? I have no idea how yeah. old she is, but I just know porn milf is like twenty eight, <laughs> and that's not accurate. So I just wanted to get that disclosure out there. Yeah, she doesn't have any nude pictures on Google. <laughs> so the great thing about the internet. <laughs> but regardless, um, so this episode starts. <laughs> Go ahead. What was your next point? Oh, no point. I was just going to get, I was going to segue back into the into synopsis. The, yeah. Yeah. So basically we, we find Burnham and, and Captain Georgiou on this, on this planet, unnamed planet. It's a desert planet and they're looking for water, I believe, in a well. Yeah. They're looking for a well because the, what they call them? The Chrysupulans? Pretty sure, no idea. Pretty Chrysupulans, whatever. It, it, this this basically serves as as a setup to Burnham and Georgiou's relationship. You know, they're kind of going back and forth and saying, "Oh, remember that one time on mm-hmm. whatever?" Clink, clink, clink. I, and um, you know, it it's not really a huge plot thing, but I just I decided to mention it because it's um, there was a moment in there that I did not <coughs> like following. I will say, yeah, I will say that uh, uh, it's it's unfortunate. Okay, so we love Star Trek. You love Star Trek. You're, you know, you, there's been what fucking forty plus, fifty plus fucking years of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and you know you're watching it, and as a as a Trekkie Trekker, um, you're watching it, and you're going. I don't need you to fucking telegraph the plot. Yeah. Okay. I, I you know, I, I, I've seen enough fucking Star Trek to go, okay, well, they're on a planet and there's a problem. Right. And so we're going to get to it. But instead, this becomes, uh, like you said, about a uh, telegraphing the relationship between Giorgio and Burnham. That's exactly what it is. And and perhaps my problem with it is it, it's it's rushed, whereas, you know the developing of relationships and understanding how the Starfleet people interact with each other is something that unfolds over seasons and mm-hmm. episodes. It's not something that you're just like, hey, there's my best pal, you know, Sub-Commander Burnham, who I've fought in many wars with and blah, 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 in, in one single episode. Like, usually that unfolds over the course of, like, a series, and you're just like, oh, yeah. you, you pick out little pieces, like, as you go. For example, the way TNG ended. Mm-hmm. Where Picard shows up to the fucking poker game. Right? And you're, he's like, <laughs> it's so long overdue. Oh my God. It's, I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting chills right now through my body. Just thinking yeah. about it. It's it, a great scene. It's so good. And he's like, can I, can I join? That's my, that's my Picard. Uh, and he joins and you know, he wipes the floor with those turds. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a, it's a moment and he goes, I should have done this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I, the first time watching that, I think I teared up, dude, yeah. because you're like, it's ending. Oh no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You should have motherfucker. But it's, it's so much more special, you know? Yes. There's, there's feeling there. Yeah. There's, uh, emotion yeah. and it's not telegraphed. It's not shoehorned. Correct. And so, you know, not, not to get too bogged down with criticisms, but you know, to continue the synopsis here. So. They're on this planet. Um, they try hailing the Shinjo. They have a little trouble, so 
they set off into the desert and um you know they're just on this like wild wacky path and they um as the sandstorm approaches the shenzhou drops out of orbit and michael burnham's like oh my god captain how did you do that she's like but says some epic line and then it pans out and there's a giant star fleet insignia yeah um that they've drawn with their path through these through the sand of the planet and um my question is, how would the Shenzhou know which point of the Starfleet insignia to pick them up at? There's four points of it. One, two, three, four. Sure. Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, as I was watching this, I had the thought that you were going to bring that up. And I think um, once you get that close, you'll be able to identify the human signatures. Yeah. I, I don't think it matters. Yeah. You know, I think... There's a lot of assuming here. They don't have sensors. That they're going to get close enough to view it on the view screen. Mm-hmm. And then once they're that close, they can be like, oh, okay, well, there they are. Let's just beam them in. Yeah. So anyways, that's the first faux pas in my book. <coughs> first car- cardinal sin. Just kidding. Um, I will have an open mind. I won't just all be shitting on. Don't worry. That's okay. Yeah. Again. There's a lot of apologies in this episode. And, um... <laughs> I do, I do kind of like podcasts where we spend it apologizing to people. It feels good. <laughs> There's no dad. There's no dad, no. Um, so anyways, um, you know, they get, they get um, transported back onto the Shenzhou, and the Shenzhou uh, sets off towards a science station that has taken some damage next to a, a binary star system. Yeah. And the Shenzhou is sent to investigate. So they show up, they do a little investigating. Uh, Michael Burnham, I believe, says, oh, that's that's not natural. That looks like it was a, a blaster shot from a ship. Yeah. You know, so they do a little scan of the binary star system, and they find this weird object way out into the asteroid field. Yeah, just far enough that there's some sort of subspace interference yes. that they can't view it on their view screen. That's right. So, you know, they, they break out the handy-dandy telescope. Um, <coughs> did you see that? <laughs> yeah, no. So in the same way that uh, Archer loves volleyball, yeah, <laughs> Burnham loves her telescope. Oh, is this going to be a recurring thing? Not as often as you okay. would think, but okay. it it has value. So Burnham devises this master plan to um, jettison herself out in a spacesuit out towards this strange object, um, and. The captain agrees, and she jettisons out in this spacesuit, lands on this weird ship-like thing, and after walking on it a little bit, she turns around, and lo and behold, there's a fully armored Klingon spacesuit man with a, what do they call their blades? Do you know? Oh. Daka. No, uh, no. Um, Dachau. Oh, this is going to kill me. Shaka. You can look it up. I'm going to look it up. I'll keep explaining. Um, Vamp. <laughs> but Michael Burnham um, deftly dispatches the Klingon, kicks, accidentally kicks his sword into his helmet and kills the Klingon. Um, and basically, you know, the backstory up to this point is that the Klingons haven't been seen for a couple decades. I guess they lost some some sort of war with the, with Starfleet, and they've kind of been fractured. Oh. The Klingon empire has been fractured at this point, so they haven't been seen in Starfleet space or Federation space, I should say. It's a Batleth. A Batleth. I'm a fool for not remembering that. Yeah. And I'm also looking at this here, and one of the other weapons is the Doktah, which is really interesting. So I've been I've been practicing Farsi, <laughs> and Doktah is uh, 
girl oh. in Farsi. Interesting. There's a point for you, feminists. Interesting. That's really quite. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he's got a big motherfucking big, batleth. Big motherfucking batleth stabs himself in the face, and so um, Burnham actually stuns herself while doing this, and so she's floating out in space. So the Shenzhou has to scoot over and pick her up, and she arrives back on the Shenzhou and reveals to the captain that the Klingons are back. Baby, they haven't seen him in over a hundred years. Hundred years—that's what it was. You know the last time. Tell. Dad. Wow. I will say so. Okay, so. Uh, Dad. Something in support. <laughs> it's Captain Archer. If you're just joining us, this. Is yeah, this if episode. you're here for discovery, like, oh my god, new discovery content. We called Jonathan Archer dad. He's dad. If you don't understand, then uh, go back and listen to our other We episodes. encourage you to go back. Uh, I will say, here are some pluses to Discovery. Mm -hmm. God damn, does it look gorgeous. It's beautiful. It looks fucking gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, a, another... Um, oh, fuck. I had another supporting oh that's what it was so um another thing that is really quite awesome about discovery is if you know trek lore mm -hmm. there were so many nods to everything mm -hmm. the kalas yeah kalas yeah mm -hmm. um kalesh and um kalesh and so, you know, because Worf goes and tries to find, you know, Kalesh mm -hmm. and shit. And so all of that's really cool. But also you get little minor moments of like, oh, 100 years ago. Oh, well, that was fucking dad. Mm -hmm. You know, so they, they hold true to things like that historically. Mm -hmm. And and furthermore, did you did you hear one of the names of one of the ships that showed up when um, all the Klingons appear? I'm jumping forward in the mm -hmm. synopsis. Yeah. All the Klingons appear and then all the inter all the Federation ships appear. One of the ships is the Shran. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there were so many nods to other Trek things. There and I'm sitting here, like, jerking there off, like, go. oh, yeah, the USS Shran? <laughs> oh, God, I fucking love Shran. Jeffrey Combs, everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, is he on it? Is he on it? Where is he? I, I, I do have... Here's my biggest gripe. Mm -hmm. My major gripe with Star Trek Discovery all the way to season two. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jeffrey Combs, our Lord and Savior actor, who's been on every, just, not every, he hasn't been on TOS, I don't think he was on TNG, he might have been, maybe, but, uh... Zach's making a point, be quiet, people. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs, <laughs> our Lord and Savior actor, songbird of his acting generation, you know, Inspector Brunt. Okay. Wei Yun. Commander Shran has yet to appear in Discovery as a fucking character. And uh, all the way through season two? All the way through season two. Oh, okay. Until I, I fucking get Shran, I will not give this uh iteration my full and complete support because that man is a goddamn saint. Let's write a letter. 
Let's write a letter. We should write a letter. If you've got anything to add to our letter, you can send us an email at thestarcompanion right. at gmail.com. That's right. Anyway. Maybe we'll start a petition if it gets big enough. We want Shran. We want Shran. We want Combs. Love that motherfucker. He's a beautiful motherfucker. He is. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Um... As we were saying, you know that she gets stunned. She gets they gotta stunned. come up and p- swoop her up. She gets back to the ship. They scuttlebutt, fucking the Shenjo on over to her. They scuttlebutt, um, butts are scuttled. They um, they bring Burnham back on board. She wakes up and she runs out and she's like, the Klingons are back and blah blah blah. And you know, um, they they lock phasers onto that weird object, obviously Klingon now. And yeah. as soon as they do that, a giant cloaked warship. Unveil, unveils itself. Cloak. Cloak. Look out. Yeah, and then it shines super fucking bright, right? Yeah, and this this warship. The light is, of Kalesh. <laughs> um, where was it going? Oh, this uh, giant warship is commanded by this uh, Klingon named Takuvma. 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 And uh, his. His objective here is to basically reunite the Klingon Empire. It's been fractured. There's 24 great houses. There's 24 houses. They're no longer unified, no. and they war amongst themselves. And he's he's trying to get them to reunite under Kalesh, the unforgettable. Right? Nice. There you he's go. Remi- he's reminding them not to forget the unforgettable. And this is his grand ploy, is to get Starfleet out here, have them bring their entire fleet out, which they eventually do, meet the Klingon fleet, Defeat them in glorious battle and then get rocking again, baby. Get fucking rocking. Blood wine! <laughs> you know, if there was ever someone that they needed to play a Klingon, JG Hertzler. Who's that? He's in. Again, for those DS9. of you that have been listening to the Star Companion, you'll know that I love Deep Space Nine and JG Hertzler. You are officially the resident. Star Trek fan now. Hey, dude. Didn't it's mean me. to tell you that. I think you've watched. I think you've watched more than I have at this point. Wow, that's a feat. Yeah, I know. I know bits and pieces of lore, but I haven't. I mean, you've you've gone through, you know, mm-hmm. series upon series, and I've just I've watched it on TV like casually, and obviously watched the movies non-casually. Mm-hmm. I love those. I love all the Star Trek movies. I've actually seen the movies once. Mm. And I didn't see uh, the two thousand, <laughs> the two thousand nine uh, Kelvin timelines. Those are good. We'll get there. Um, we will get there. Anyways, small tangent aside. Um, so Burnham goes back, gets healed up. She's got some sort of radiation sickness, but comes back on the bridge and sees that you know now the Klingon giant Klingon warship is out there, and she's she runs back to her her quarters to con to. Uh, what was I going to say? Con- consult with um, her adoptive stepfather, who was revealed to be Sarek. Sarek, yeah. The father of uh, Spock. So, uh, quick tangent. Mm-hmm. Every new iteration of Star Trek mm-hmm. opens in their first episode with a send-off from a former character of a different season. Interesting. And Sarek is that one. Sarek is this one. Yeah. Um, so she reaches out to Sarek. He tells them that the way that the Vulcans dealt with the Klingons in the past is, uh, you know, 
basically communicating the way the Vulca or the Klingons do. Mm -hmm. Klingons only respond to violence. Yeah. That's the only way they communicate. And they Kapla. They, Kapla. They see, you know, if someone is, is dominant with violence, they respect that. Yeah. But if someone is meek or whatever, they're gonna take advantage of them. So Michael says, Thanks for the advice, runs back out and demands that they fire on the Klingon warship. Um Captain George, who says, let's hold off on that for a little bit. And belay that order. Belay that order. And then Burnham has a little outburst. says, we should fire on this fucking thing. And George, who says, get in my quarters now. And so they go into the quarters. They have a little private yelling fest. And uh, Michael Burnham, you know, says, sorry about that, Captain. And then does a Vulcan nerve pinch on her. Mm. Knocks her out. And then runs back out into the bridge and says, we need to fire on that fucking thing right now. George, you agrees with me. Don't. It doesn't matter where she is. doesn't matter. Right? And everybody's like, oh, okay, I guess so. So they lock, lock weapons, and right as they're about to fire, Georgiou comes out with her phase pistol and tells him to stand down. Mm -hmm. And at this point, the entire Klingon armada shows up out of nowhere. Yep. That's, how this, that's how the episode ends. And uh, something you missed in your synopsis mm. is there's heavy Klingon. Yeah, there's, there's a whole Klingon sub thing. And I will say that... Mock talk judge <laughs> remain Klingon. Mm -hmm. It's a really fun saying. Mock talk judge. Um, and I think if I was a Klingon, I'd be like, "Holy shit, dude! He's making Klingon fucking great again." <laughs> you know, Trump, Trump Kuvma. Yeah, Trump Kuvma. Well, you see, because uh, you know he's appealing to the nationalism. You know, yeah, mm -hmm. and it, uh. And I wonder how much that played into the writing of this. Mm -hmm. And on the topic of the writing... It did come out in 17, and yeah, you know, we were big on talking about Enterprise in the time it came out. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you see that... Uh, so, they started writing and filming in, like, 2016, mm -hmm. and Brian Fuller was the showrunner and the writer and all of that. He proceeds to, I think, leave by episode five. Mm. He had uh, he got cut from uh, CBS. Wow. He was doing a bunch of other shows. And so, to everyone who doesn't like this mm -hmm. show, you know, it does take a change a little bit mm -hmm. during chapter two of yeah. this. Um, they took a break. They did, like, you know, six or seven episodes, took mm -hmm. a break, and then finished it out. And that was like a fall run, winter break, and then start in like late winter, spring. Right. This is like the pilot, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get a a sort of change in narrative. And then season two, um, not to give it all away, they then try to fix this whole thing that happened. And um, then once they fix the whole thing that happens, then they rewrite it into something new by season three. A and la Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and what I will say to the haters and the detractors is, no fucking Star Trek is good in the first two seasons except for Deep Space Nine, <laughs> but it is a little loose in the first two seasons. It doesn't really crack off until yeah. season three. So I have a question for you. I have um, an answer for you. Okay, good. I was hoping you did. The reimagination of the Klingons. How do you feel about that? <sighs> I get it. Um, I do get it. Um, I am super used to TNG 
and beyond Klingon era style. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad the that mo- these Klingons are like the, the Mongolians from the original series. Well, and so that's what I was going to say is there's a throwaway line in TNG and in DS9, I believe, where they say um, they they literally write away the difference between the TOS Klingons in a single line of like, oh, well, shit changed. That's you know? right. Yeah, and then it moves on. Yeah, and so... Um, in season two, uh, I, I, f- I forgive me for not remembering the reasoning, but because they're not like unified houses or whatever, they all shave their hair. Okay. Or some shit. Yeah. And so they, in season two, they get their hair back. Okay. Yeah. So they look a little bit more like the Klingons? Yeah. Okay. They have a throwaway line in, in Discovery explaining... Mm-hmm. When why they grew their hair back, and this Actually. is again is you know Brian Fuller's vision. They had to fix that again. You know okay. what I mean? So he was like, "We're gonna you know we're gonna bald these motherfuckers and make yeah. it completely our own." They're and then look sick. Kurtzman takes over, and he goes like, "Hey, well you know, we should probably give him some fucking hair so the people got something off, to Brian. like you know, off, you know, figure about yeah, you know, get back to it." That's um, it's interesting. So. Basically, your argument would be that that these first four episodes or whatever first it's like of, f- the first half, first if half, you will, is basically was going the way of Star, Kelvin Star Wars, basically going the way of those Kelvin movies. Oh, so th- okay, so they were trying to do like a Kelvin timeline. They weren't thing. trying to do a Kelvin timeline. They were just trying to make it their own and make okay. it super serialized. Okay, you know. I understand that this isn't classic Trek. Yeah. It's not episodic. The beauty of Star Trek is the nuance in the scenes where, um, you know, nothing's going on. Yeah. It's in the quiet times. Exactly. And you are not going to get that here. It's not flashy. Yeah. And this is a sign of the time. Since The Wire came out in, like, 07, 08 Mm -hmm. and Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. because of those shows, television changed. Mm -hmm. People only want to watch reality TV or serialized television. Mm -hmm. I can't fault these guys for not sticking to old Star Trek. And for people who are like, oh, well, this is bullshit. It's not Star Trek. It's like, well, people binge watch shit now. Yeah. You know, the world is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that does not mean that I, w- uh, that I, I, I wish they would do like 30 episode seasons mm-hmm. and every other episode was a, you know, a one-off, a monster of the week, like X-Files, yeah. like how it used to be. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, I wish they did that, but I understand why they don't because they are just blowing through cash on these special effects. Yeah. You know, it's like six or seven million dollars an episode. Well, it seems to me that it kind of maybe went the way of, of Star Wars, which is, you know, they brought in, you know, someone who promised the world and gave them a lump of coal, and now they have to do damage control. And yeah. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why that's the case in, in this day and age. Like, that, that seems to happen now more than, than not. You know what I mean? It for sure does. And... It doesn't seem to me like there's any shortage of really good writers. It just, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's too much emphasis on, on making something really flashy and really like outrageous and crazy, yeah. rather than focusing on on slowing it down and controlling the pacing of st- of a story. Th- you know I mean? This is like the first iteration of Star Trek that mm-hmm. didn't have Berman or Braga on it since like wow. the middle of second season of TOS crazy so 
however, yeah. Brian Fuller wrote like 81 episodes of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so did Kurtzman too, right? Kurtzman been th- around for a while. He's, he's he's been around for a while. I don't uh, know no, if he wrote Fuller, Fuller. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he wrote any Star yeah. Trek, but Fuller wrote like six or seven DS9 episodes, but like 70 plus Voyager episodes. Mm-hmm. And most people think Voyager was kind of a crock of shit. Yeah. So it's an unsurprising. Yeah. So my, one of, one of the things that really bothered me see, and, and all this stuff doesn't really bother me. Like it's, it looks good. You know, it's, it's interesting. It just it's, is what it is. Um, the thing that I guess bothered me that I really enjoy about, about Star Trek, and this is like, this is like the big thing, perhaps the only thing is, you know, it's this whole episode is fo- was focused on Michael Burnham and in, in past Star yeah. Trek, you don't get, you, I mean, you get episodes where it focuses on one character, but it's about the crew. Like, it, yes, like in this, in this episode, I did, I never knew the name of the helmsman. I never knew the name of the, of the engineer, you know, it's like, it's just, it just focuses on Burnham mm-hmm. and, and everyone that she interacts with. It's like well, the whole world revolves around her and I, you're going to hate it when you find the discovery engineer. <laughs> Cause it's like not a standard engine. Oh, uh, okay. Interesting. It turns it's into a bio a, engine, right? Or it's like a mushroom thing. Uh, sure. So, yeah, sure. In layman's terms. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. DMT. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that fit in there. It's, just it's a spore it drive. Spore drive. That's what it is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> when, anyways, sorry. Um, we'll address the sport drive when it happens. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's no, there's no crew aspect. Yeah. And so I, I feel like, you know, and I, I may be coming off a little non PC here, but it seems like with modern shows, there seems to be a big emphasis on moving away from the, um, what do they call it? The, the structure or the can't think of the word right now i don't know what you're trying to say i don't either i'm sorry i'll get there anyways there seems to be a big movement to get away from what is perceived as the structure of of how shows were you know all white cast whatever you know like sure perceptions of of only they want more inclusiveness nowadays and that's totally fine with me you know again i have an open mind i I think yes i think in anything else Mm -hmm. you're like okay you know yeah we need more representation Mm -hmm. we need more inclusion this is great female leads black leads Mm -hmm. asian leads this is all awesome yeah except you took something that has 50 years of history and we're expecting something yeah and you over promised and you under delivered yeah and and because you push that so hard, you you make this character Michael Burnham, who she she knows everything. She has a response to everything. She's the smartest person in the room. Her feelings and her thoughts matter the most. Whereas mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really matter what what George you thinks. Doesn't really matter. What, it should be what what's good for the made. ship and what's good for the what, what the captain wants. Yeah. What I enjoy about Star Trek is when someone voices their opinion or something. There's there's usually like a double deliberation or, or other people like meet in the ready room. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a spirit of collaboration and and in mm-hmm. this one it just seems like so hyper focused. At least in this episode, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make broad generalizations about the entire season because I haven't seen it yet but just in this episode it's focused on one character and Mm -hmm. for me that's not star trek star trek is a focus on multiple characters fractured narrative maybe not fractured near it's not postmodern yeah but you know having multiple characters multiple inputs and developing 
those characters' relationships over an entire series or an entire season rather than a single episode. Okay, so now that you've said that, mm-hmm. let's never touch it again because you just have to like. Okay, you have to know that Discovery <laughs> is it's not Star Trek. It's not the old shit. Yeah. It's just different. I know you're going in it with an open mind. Yeah. This is the first episode. You must get these gripes out. Yeah, they're important. And I wanted. I also wanted to kind of say that as maybe someone who can. I mean, this is going to sound really pompous, but someone who can put it eloquently, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of people on mes- message boards who just shit, sit there and yell like, oh, they got a black black woman lead. This is bullshit. You know, like, you know, yeah. it's and, like, and that's not what you're saying. No. And, and that's the that's a false argument. Like, yeah. that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's it, fundamentally this isn't Star Trek. This isn't what I've been sold for 50 years. Exactly. And I, you know, and it's like. And then once you go, well, let's just, you know, just buckle up and, you know. Bite the bullet, bitch. And just watch it. Because at the end of the day, because of this, A, it looks fucking gorgeous. And B, we're going to get so much Trek out of this. Yeah. We're going to get Picard coming back, you know, like this. (laughs) I mean. I mean, I've seen the spoilers for season two. I know young Spock comes back, you know. There's a lot of of stuff that I, I think that people can like about yeah it for and, sure. and once you move past the this fuller image of the first season it's it gets better it gets better i assure you um if if you're not sold um let me let me speak to to my experience whenever zach says something gets better it usually does <laughs> except that one time in india did not get better huh but there's no need yeah. to think about that anyways folks um yeah, that's been our review. And um, Mock Talk Judge, we're gonna keep watching. And if you don't like it, um, go back to the earlier. We, you know, yeah. And we encourage you to have, maybe have an open mind and just, you know, come along with us on this journey. Go as you with have the, yeah with Enterprise. <laughs> go with us on the ride. If you hate it, you hate it. I get it. There's only two seasons, and then we're gonna get right back into Enterprise. And just a big fat motherfucking thank you to all of our listeners yeah. you guys really are super fucking great it's yeah. it's cool and if this is your first time listening to us make sure you go back and check our backlog of shit yeah we got good shit man good shit man especially yeah. voxala you like cum jokes voxala all right well this has been the star companion you can catch us everywhere i'm zach i love you <laughs> <laughs>
and 365-day returns.